Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Nathan Rabb has a cool job. I truly could see my my fourth and final career, you know, being a part of the Rabb collection if you needed me. We might have an intern space available. An intern space. I've always just found ephemera, memorabilia, you know, stuff like you deal with on a day-to-day. Very, very cool. I've always been attracted to auctions and auction houses. You are not an auction house uh, the New York Times in today's print edition headline Lincoln letter sells at auction. It it wasn't an auction, as you'll explain. But here's the lead of the story. A recently discovered letter written by President Abraham Lincoln that offers a glimpse into his thinking during the early part of the Civil War sold last week in Pennsylvania for eighty five thousand dollars, according to an autograph dealer. The previously unpublished letter had been in the same private collection for at least a century before it was acquired earlier this year, said Nathan Rabb, principal of the Rabb Collection, which buys and sells historical autographs, documents, and signed letters. So you've brought it with you. By the way, I'm a Sharpie guy. I've closed all my Sharpies. Okay, there's no ink open in my hands because I don't want to run the risk of doing any harm. As I'm opening it, you tell the audience, what am I looking at? Wow, that is really cool. What is that? You are looking at a letter that has not been seen by the general public, by researchers, um, by anyone outside the owners for at least a century, written by Abraham Lincoln in come, the beginning come, of the come Civil look, War. Come look, TC. Don't, don't spill my coffee. Does TC have a Sharpie? Wait, that's a Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, extraordinary. Isn't it? Written extraordinary. by uh, Abraham Lincoln in the beginning of the Civil War to a an important civil engineer, somebody who was trying to give his services to map the South so they could take down the rail and the other means of communication that the Confederates had. And in it, he tells him to bring this letter to his then chief general, uh, McClellan. The guy takes this very letter to to the president's general, to his house, and says, look, the president wants me to meet with you. And McClellan says, no. He's not able to get in with a letter from Abraham Lincoln. He's not able to gain entry. In any event, this letter has been in the same collection for at least a century, uh, which is the, the most fun part of, of our job, is seeing these things that no one has ever seen. August 19, 1861. You know, uh, I was curious to know whether the value of this particular letter comes from the context or the condition, I'm sure you're going to tell me both, but this condition looks pristine. Yeah, it's a beautiful letter. I mean, the the short answer is it's mostly context unless the piece is, you know, badly damaged, unless it's, you know, torn in half or somebody spilled coffee on it 
Um, it's mostly the historical importance of the piece. That's where the value comes from. And the fact that it's signed by Abraham Lincoln and not, for instance, James Buchanan. Is it is it fair to say there's a lot of Lincoln stuff out there? Not Lin- like this, but generally? Yeah, Lincoln signed a lot of things. Right. The value of his stuff is driven by the general demand in the public. So people want an autograph of Abraham Lincoln, and so it drives up the demand. Now, that changes when you're dealing with something that's this important, uh, as opposed to just a signature or a short note. Something that's that's you know no one's seen, that's been outside of the, the, the glimpse of the research community, and that really adds to the historical record is not the same as a signature on a piece of paper. The, the person on whose behalf you sold it wishes to remain anonymous? Uh, yes. Same with the purchaser? Yep. So what, what happens here? Phone rings, you get a call, somebody says, hey, I've got something special, it's Abraham Lincoln. You, of course, know, have no idea whether you know, it's, it's legit and so forth. But walk me through the process. Yeah, so what happens, and this, ha- this can happen 50, 60 times in one day. Somebody says, I have something cool. And then, or I have something and I don't know if it's cool. Right. And then our job is to figure out, well, do we want to buy it? Right. Uh, in, the, in this case, somebody contacted us and said they had inherited a letter from Abraham Lincoln. It had been in the family so long that they weren't exactly sure where it came from, but they wanted to know more about it. Uh, we then go meet with the person or talk to them over the phone, decide on a price that we would like to buy it from them for. Uh, if we meet eye to eye, they sell us the letter, uh, and then we look for a customer on our end. And that customer can be somebody we've never met, it can be somebody we've known for the history of our business, which is now pushing 40 years. In this case, it was a, a businessman down in the, the southeast of the U.S. who ended up buying it. It's a private client. But that's not always the case. It could be a museum or a university library. It could be any what, of them. What will the person who purchased it do with it? Just possess it? Do they have any particular plan? They'll frame it, put it on their wall. They will. Yeah, they have a handful of other things signed by the Founding Fathers, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. So this will join those. By the way, do the, do in something like this, would the person truly frame this and put it on their wall, or would they have a facsimile professionally done, frame that, and stick this in a vault? Uh, they could do either. Most people frame the original. They do they? use proper glass. Right. They keep it out of direct sunlight. Uh, and they they go to a framer who knows what they're doing. By the way, in in the category of people who th- have things that they think are cool, I want to cast a wide net and invite the audience to call. Not because Nathan Rab is going to buy it from you, but it's like a political version of Antique Roadshow. Okay, think think of it that way. Um, I have I'll start. I've said this before, but I I have a plaque hanging in my gym. At home, TC's laughing, that uh, was from the Buffalo Boys Club given to O.J. Simpson. And if you're saying to yourself, why, why would you want to glorify O.J. Simpson with something that was bestowed upon him? I'm not doing that. It was seized from his house to pay the civil judgment that he owed to the family of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. So I like the idea. It was the Butterfield Company in L.A. who ended up doing the auction. And I it was an auction. And I still have the sticker. I purposely didn't remove the sticker from the plaque from the Buffalo Boys Club given to O.J. Simpson because I like the idea. To me as a lawyer, this was some modicum of justice being done that he had to sacrifice all of his personality. You, you might remember like his Heisman Trophy. 
went up for sale. Yeah, what'd that go for? I don't know. I, I like I, I I don't know. Two hundred grand stands out in my in my mind, <laughs> but I, I I'm I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. So okay, that's what I have. I have some other like cool stuff. Nothing like nothing like an Abraham Lincoln letter worth eighty five thousand dollars. But to those how much do you Heisman say? Heisman Trophy, two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. Oh, good not memory. Bad. Not bad. Oh, to I was a Reno oh, collector. TC, I was talking after commission. Okay. I was talking after commission. Of course, of course. Or before, before commission. Before commission. Before commission. Right, I, right. I got it reversed. This is the Smirconish podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready Rav Four. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. The, the story of like the person, Nathan, who goes to Lancaster and they open up an old frame and oh my God, a declaration of independence pops out of the back of it. This stuff has happened, right? Oh, it happens all the time. The most common way is somebody's passed away or they're helping somebody sort through boxes in their attic and they find something that no one knew was there, which could be a letter of Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or Ulysses S. Grant. We just bought a letter from somebody a few days ago who had found in their attic something that they had inherited, inherited, uh, signed by Ulysses S. Grant from during the Civil War. I mean, these things have real value. How do you how do you go about your due diligence and make sure that it's not a fraud? You mean that it's a forgery or that the person ought to have it? Both. Uh, the forgery, that's a long, well, the short answer is experience. Having seen so many of these things so many times, uh, you begin to notice what makes something real, what makes something not real. And that could be the paper, the context, the historical record, uh, the record of a previous sale. It could be the pen, uh, the handwriting. Believe it or not, the last thing is the signature because that's the easiest thing to forge. 
In terms of why they should have it, that boils down to conversations we have with the people who are trying to sell. There, there, are, there is documentary evidence of where some of these things ought to be. So there's, there are papers projects that track where a Washington letter should be or a Lincoln letter. Um, and, of course, there's legal uh, paperwork that they have to sign when they sell to us. Uh, let's see what some of the callers have assembled. This is Jeff, and he's in Atlanta. Jeff, what do you have that we can discuss with Nathan Rabb? Michael, this is something I have in my office. I got it in an antiquity shop. It is a government certificate issued to Samuel Friedenberg, who was a pharmacist in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm sure you know about that. In 1911, granting him a license to sell opium, which evidently was very legal at that time. Where did you obtain it? Just in an antiquity store, maybe 20 or 30 years ago here in Atlanta. Nathan, what do you want to know about it? Uh, I mean, who who gives that license? The city of Philadelphia? Or is it a federal license? Um, I, I wish I were at my office right now. It, it, if I had to guess, I would say the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, so my first thought is That's- every pharmacist, every pharmacist practicing practicing that trade would have received a similar certificate, right? I imagine. Yeah, but I imagine uh, I imagine you had to apply for it because it was a, a certificate that was signed and had his name on it, which in hand hand scripted writing. Uh, I honestly I didn't realize they were selling opium sort of over the counter in 1911. That's news to me, but maybe it shouldn't have been. Yeah, that was before my <laughs> time too. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember back then. Jeff, good luck with it. That sounds like a pretty cool item. Juanita standing by in Kansas City. What you got, Juanita? I love your show, first off, and I have a signed, original, certificated Roy Rogers picture with trigger and bullet. Hmm. That's my Where did most you get prized it? possession. Where did you get um, it? I actually, I actually got it out of my father's um, garage after he passed away. Wow. And it's my most prized possession. It really Very is. Very cool. All right. So, very cool. Yeah. Nathan, generally, you, you deal with historical, uh, what word do you like? Ephemera, memorabilia, artifacts, all of the above? Documents, pen to paper. Uh, yeah, mostly historical, political, some literary, not very much entertainment. I was going to say, so as between the different worlds, which has the greatest value? Between historical and entertainment, probably historical. But if you throw in sports into that into that space... Sports is just a much bigger field. Are and you that, are you in that? Sports. Okay, no. but okay, you say you're not in it. I hope I'm not telling a tale out of school. You once handed me a Babe Ruth signed baseball. That was that was uh yes I did. And I wish I loved that piece. Um Did you sell it? Yeah, we sold it. But what that was, was so special about it? Well, you don't see a lot of Babe Ruth signed baseballs that are authentic. I mean, one of the issues that you have in the sports world is the authenticity. Right. Because it is such a valuable and yeah, I mean, how could you possibly know that it's a real Babe Ruth baseball? Well, in this case, it, it had a it had a story behind it. We knew it was bought from us by the son of the person who received it. It had a it had a long inscription. So again, we're not just authenticating the signature; we're looking at the handwriting. All right, I got something you're going to want to know. Oh, you're going to want to own. Okay, okay? exciting. By, by the way, rabcollection.com. TC, are you ready for this? Ready. This is something this is something Nathan will salivate 
to be able to make available to his clients. Are you going to line four? Of course I am. <laughs> this is Joe in Philadelphia. Joe, what do you have for Nathan Rabb? Hey, Michael, I have a red MAGA hat signed by Stormy Daniels with a picture of her doing it. Doing it. <laughs> Careful. Careful. Signing it, signing it, signing it, signing Easy. A picture of her. Would you like a Stormy Daniels signature on a MAGA hat, Nathan? How are you gonna How are you gonna frame that? Is that Is that like on a shelf? <laughs> no, it's actually in a box. But um, I, what, what you ought to do is see if you can get the president to sign it, the former president. Right. I, I mean, a good question <laughs> would be: Would he sign it? A hundred years from now, that will be very, oh, very valuable. Gosh. But you'll first have to explain who Stormy Daniels is. A hundred years from now, that's hysterical. That's that's awesome. Uh, back with Nathan Rabb in in just a moment. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Hearing this music, Nathan, I have a signed Les Paul Peter Frampton guitar. That's super cool. And he signed it in my presence. The provenance is unquestioned. Spectacular. Yeah, spectacular. That's awesome. Okay, you just handed me a letter signed by Albert Einstein, 11th of April, 1950, and the raised letterhead of it is really cool as well with his Princeton, New Jersey address. Yeah, they call that blind embossed letterhead. Now, what's this going to go for? When we decide to sell that, it'll go for about $125,000. Why? What's so special? It's written in German. Yeah, people care so much about what Einstein thought of religion. It's the idea of like the science versus religion thing. Darwin can, too. Can you believe, exactly. People, yep. Can you believe in God and be a scientist at the same time? And a bunch of students wrote him a letter saying, uh, can you believe in the story of creation and still be a scientist? And his response effectively in this letter uh, is no. 
if you if you're a scientist, you cannot believe in the uh, originalist, the biblical story of creation in its literal sense. Wow, that's a cool item. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me offer you uh, a selection from the audience. So I've got Lisa in New York. Her husband's got an autograph from Muhammad Ali that he got in person. Cheryl is in New York. An entire folder of photos from 1939, Fort Einstein and SCOTUS judges. Uh, Anne's in Houston. An invitation to meet the Kennedy family at the 64 DNC. Uh, Michael's in Pennsylvania, a signed commission from Lincoln to his grandfather. Fred is in Indianapolis. He's got a World War II plaque from the invasion of Italy. Michelle's in Nashville. Her husband's grandma has a letter from Richard Nixon. Darren in Atlanta has a Wheaties box with Michael Jordan. And Bob in Warwick, New York, has a signed Brooklyn Dodgers baseball. What, what interests you the most? Okay, so the Brooklyn Dodgers baseball may have its own real value i don't know we don't do sports yeah the plaque from the invasion of italy i'm wondering what that is fred you're in indy tell me quickly what is that plaque all about so my great great uncle was a commanding officer in cbs uh world war ii and he was the first to land on the beaches of salerno italy um him and his men under fire um and they gave him a plaque afterwards there's no signatures or nothing. It's just simply a plaque on a uh, tip of a propeller, like a boat propeller. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen one of those before. Um, That's pretty cool. Like I said, yeah. Good yeah. for hey, good for you, Fred. What a wonderful item to to have ownership of. Michael, you're in Easton. Quickly for Nathan Rab. Yes. Go ahead, Michael. Quickly. Well, it, I have a commission signed by Abraham Lincoln to my grandfather, uh, commissioned in the U.S. Navy, um, yeah, just before the Battle of Vicksburg. Yeah, that's amazing. Lincoln did sign these. They are generally authentic. They're highly desirable, and it's precisely the kind of thing that we look for. Michael, when you possess something like that, do you display it? I mean, what, what exactly do you do with it? It is displayed. Um, it was taken to uh, uh, a shop where they put it in behind glass so that it's protected. And uh, there's a couple of other things alongside it uh, decided telling all about the story. Nathan, since good luck with that, Michael. Since we were last together, I, I acquired a, uh, a handwritten letter. It, it's a longer story than I have time to tell today. But it was from Richard Nixon to Frank Rizzo, hmm. where... Rizzo had just lost an election, an election in which I had worked for Rizzo. And Nixon says, when you win, you hear from everyone. And when you lose, you hear only from your friends. Consider me in the latter category. That's a great letter. Beautiful. What a great letter. Yeah, beautiful condition. I was there the day that Rizzo pulled it out of the mail. So and and, and yet it was not like he handed it to me. It later came on the market and right. I had I had to work to get it. But I did. Right. I work mean, as, to get it. As a Philadelphian, uh, the connection between the connection with Rizzo is is awesome. But just the sentiment, you know, the sentiment of yeah. a president who is sort of besieged and, you know, really had a chance to test his friendships. I love that. Nathan Rabb needs TC a radio or TV show. No question. Doesn't he? I would listen. I, I mean, would watch all day long. Look, look at these Phone calls of just people who call and all show over them the country. I'm telling you, man, you've got to do this. It would be so cool. Will you come on my show? Absolutely. I, I will. Uh, I've got some stuff I, I want you to price. Uh, RabCollection.com.
rabcollection.com. Right. Good luck with all of this. Please come back. Let's make it like an every six month thing. Just bring some Einstein and Lincoln letters in and we'll have audience calls. It'll be fun like it was today. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Michael. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 